Well, it's good to see the um, faithful remnant um, back here. Um, either you're just very faithful or you didn't have anything to do during this long weekend. Either which, I am very happy to see you. All right. Um, so we've been going through this series, and today is the final part of the series we've been, we've been uh, looking at called Everyday Wisdom. But as we come up to this series... And as I think about today's message, which is a tough one, and it's going to be a tough one for me to preach, I started thinking about something. Has anyone ever came up to a confusing road sign? I, I think everyone here should be raising their hand, because, because I'm just speaking from someone who's new to the area. There are so many confusing road signs here. It says this street is this way, and then you go that way, but it's really not that street, um, so on and so forth. So you could imagine that... A misunderstanding is easily could easily happen if you come up on a road sign like this. Do not enter. Enter only. Well, which one is it? Um, and today we're going to discuss something. <laughs> Glad you like it, Tim. That's great. <laughs> I was actually cracking up pretty hard when I was looking at these. Anyways, um, there's a lot of misunderstandings, and one of the things that there's a misunderstanding on is prayer. We have a huge misunderstanding of what prayer is and how to pray and just a whole bunch of things. I mean, we just got done praying the Lord's Prayer. And do we really know what that even means? And so today what I want to do is I want to look at five misunderstandings for prayer. And again, we go and we, this is our last um, message, or last message in the series, Everyday Wisdom, and we're looking at wisdom in prayer today. So let's pray and ask God to just bless this time. Father, we come to you right now, and I just pray that your spirit would come upon us. I pray that he would just fill this place and open our hearts as we just delve into your word and specifically look on how we communicate with you. I pray we would work through these misunderstandings and that you would speak through me and the hearts that are born. Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at this, the first misunderstanding that we have is God listens to all prayer. Now that might rub you the wrong way when I say this. God listens to all prayer. The truth is God hears all prayer but listens to the prayers of those made righteous in Christ. Proverbs 15, 29 says, the Lord is far, or he's separated from the wicked, those that don't know him. But he hears. And that word hears means listens, pays close attention. It actually, actually means more than just listens and pays close attention. It means that there's a response that will come up from that prayer. So he hears, or he listens to the prayers of the righteous. The fact is that the unbeliever in Christ does not have the same access as the believer does in prayer. Proverbs 28.9 says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. We look at Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is praying for the people of Israel. And God says, stop praying for them. Don't even pray for them anymore. I'm tired of listening to them. I'm not hearing them anymore. I'm done. And that, again, rubs us the wrong way, but in a, in a sense, it also tells us that as those made in his image, those that, that have put our faith in Christ, we have special access to God through Jesus Christ. 
The one prayer he is waiting to hear from, from anyone, is the prayer of repentance. The prayer of those that want to embrace the gospel. God is waiting to hear that. If you are in here and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, know this, that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came out of heaven, stepped on this earth. And he lived a perfect life. And he was nailed to a cross. And he died for your sin and my sin. And here's the thing. It wasn't just the physical pain of the cross. It was for the very first time the son, the son who had had an eternal relationship with the father, had never sinned, had never felt sin before, is now the wrath of the father is being poured out upon him. The wrath that we deserved. And if we put our faith in Christ, if we admit that we are sin, that we fall short of the glory of God, we put our faith in Him, we are no longer destined apart from Him, but we're destined for heaven with Him. And that's the good news of the gospel, and He hears us. Why? Because when we put our faith in Christ, we become one of His children. God always listens to the prayer of the believer, always. If you put your faith in Christ, God is listening to your prayers. I'm always amazed by parents, especially mothers. I don't know how many times you could, you could be sitting around and there's just like chaos. There's like all these kids and there's just chaos and you're like, you walk into it, like someone like me walks into it and goes, man, all I hear is kids just screaming and going all over the place. But then all of a sudden one mother will stand up and go, oh, that's my kid. And walk, and like, how did she even know that? It's absolute chaos. And that's how God is with us. Amongst all the chaos, he hears our voice and he responds. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The fact is, as we pray our Father like we just did, we are acknowledging the intimate relationship we have with him through Christ. The God of the universe is our daddy. He's our Abba. And this is a privilege. When you pray, do you approach God with that intimacy as a, as a, as a father who loves you? i got to ask that. Or do you think of him as this way off, far off, distant, grandfatherly figure sitting on a cloud? There's intimacy there, and it's found in Christ. That's the first misunderstanding. Misunderstanding number two. I don't need to ask God because God already knows it. I mean, doesn't God know everything? He knows my heart. I don't have to ask for it. He already knows it. And the truth is, God knows your need, but he wants you to get the full blessing by asking him for it. James 1.5 says, if, anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. It was interesting, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, there was this guy who had spent his whole entire adult life in communications, in military communications, like radios and stuff like that. He actually wrote the book on military communications. But whenever we get people, new, new people that would come in, they never would ask him his opinion on things. And I always felt that was really strange because he wrote the book on it. And it wasn't like he was some guy that, you know, you didn't want to ask. He's very approachable. But sometimes 
we do the same thing with God. We don't ask him. I mean, he knows everything. Why don't we ask him? What prevents us from praying for wisdom in our lives? What prevents us? And as I started to think about this, I started to really just think about the times in my life where um, I've, I've not wanted to ask for wisdom because I think I know. And I, and I, I boil it down to a few things. And I, I know there's more than this. But I think I don't want to ask for wisdom because I have to admit that I'm wrong. Not that God doesn't already know that. You know, isn't like God's like, see, I didn't even know you were wrong, Brian. You got me on that one. You know, he already knows it, but I have to admit it. And then I have to be willing to submit to God's direction for my life. And that word submission, I do not like. Even to the Almighty God. But I have to submit to his direction. And then it's not just a matter of submission, of saying you're right, God, and I, I, I admit that you're right, and I submit to whatever you want. Now I have to commit to that direction. I have to actually put energy towards it. The fact is, is when we pray... Give us this day our daily bread. We are crying out because we know we are deficient to meet the demands of that day and that God can provide for us. We experience full blessing of knowing we are eternally cared for. Our Father eternally cares for us and we only get that full blessing when we ask and we see him provide. So when was the last time you prayed for wisdom? When was the last time you said, God, I am at the end of myself I need wisdom on this. I trust you. I admit that I don't know this. I submit to whatever you want, and I will commit to whatever direction that you're giving me. I'm, I'm all yours. When was the last time you prayed for that earnestly? So that's number two. The third thing, third misunderstanding that we often come across. You can only pray in a certain place, at a certain time, with a certain person, in a certain way, or God will not listen. I mean, we have to get it all right. If we don't do it right, if we're not, you know, then God's not going to listen to it. He won't accept that. But the truth is, through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Father anywhere, any place, at any time. Any place, anywhere, any time. It doesn't matter if you're in your car. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you close the door because that's the only private place in the bathroom. Like, you know, hey, kids won't leave, leave me alone here. It doesn't matter wherever you're at, at your workplace. You know, as summer's been winding down, I've been thinking about kind of like summer stories because summer was always uh, just a magical time for me, especially growing up in California. Um, it just, it was great. And... I started thinking about my kids during the summer. And my kids were little. They used to come at really weird hours of the night and knock on the door. Has anyone ever experienced that? You're like, why are, like it's midnight, what are you doing up? And one night I remember sitting there and I just, it's just crazy, like it felt like, my, like someone was gonna bust down the door. 12.30 in the, you know, at night. And I open the door and I think there's something going on. It's my son. And he's sitting there with, like, his Kindle. He's like, Dad, the Internet's not working. You know, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I was thinking about that because even after when he would knock on the door, I would still come and answer the door. And even right now, if any of my kids want to call, they could call any time I'm there. 
And it's the same thing for God. It doesn't matter what time, you know, where we're at. You can call on him at any time. He doesn't care what it is. It doesn't matter if it's in a certain place, if you're at a certain place. Some people believe you have to be at a church or, or a holy place. The fact is, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, we are God's temple. The Holy Spirit has indwelt us. If you put your faith in Christ, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and you are the temple. So you are in a holy place. God has made sure that you are holy and you are separated. So you can pray anywhere you want, because you're praying in the temple. Because you are a temple. Certain time. It doesn't matter what time. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Pray fervently. Pray all the time. It means have a dialogue with God. Have a dialogue with Him all day long. Who cares if you look crazy in your car and you're praying? I only say that because that has happened to me before. People have looked at me like I'm nuts. But it doesn't matter because I have a dialogue with God. It might be in your mind at work. You're just having a continual dialogue with Him. How about with a certain person? Do I need to be with a pastor? No. You need to be rely on the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26 says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Listen, we sometimes come to God and we say, I don't even know what I want to pray for, God. Like, I'm just broken right now. That's it, I'm just broken. And God says, I know what you need to pray for. And it's that spirit that intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit says, pray for this. How about in a certain way? John 4, 24 says, worship in truth and spirit. That includes praying. It means pray with your whole being. You know, sometimes I have to catch myself. Like every night when we pray for dinner, I think I say the same prayer over and over again. I don't even know if I mean it half the time. That's not praying the truth and spirit. That's just going through a ritual. God wants you to pray with your entire being. Just lay it all out. The fact is, is when we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we are acknowledging our dependency of his holiness. We are acknowledging that he is our good father. And here's the problem that we have. Some of us didn't grow up with good fathers. And so it's hard for us to imagine that. We're like, I don't get this. I don't get this. My dad wasn't that good. But you have a heavenly father that loves you, that wants you to pray to him. He will never turn you away. So it's important that we view God in that way. So again, I ask, how do you view God? How do you view him? Is he, is he close or is it just so far away you can't even talk? Misunderstanding number four. God wants you to have it. The problem is that you don't have enough faith. And there's a lot of manipulations of this. The truth is, is God is good and wants what is eternally best for you, and sometimes his answer is no or not yet. James 1.5 again says, God gives, gives with privilege, that word gives means with privilege, generously. But he does so in an, with an eternal perspective. Some people say, listen, if you want wealth, you just need to pray for it and believe and it's going to happen. 
Some people say, well, doesn't the Bible say by his stripes we are healed? I mean, Isaiah 53, 5 says that. Doesn't that guarantee healing? The Bible does say that. But here's the problem with this. If you go and you come at it with, with it and you say, oh, well, it's just, you just need to pray for it and you're going to get it and have faith. When it doesn't happen, then the response, your response is, is, oh, well, it's because you didn't have faith. It must have been something on your, 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 your problem. It's why you don't have it. And that's not the case. That's not a biblical understanding of prayer. Do we need to have faith? Of course, and we'll talk about this. But the idea of, of because your loved one wasn't healed was because you didn't have enough faith is just false. And quite frankly, it's cruel. The reason why maybe you don't have the things that you, you would like to have is because you don't have enough faith because you haven't named it and claimed it. Doesn't mean doesn't mean anything about God. It exposes more of your heart than it does God's truth. Here's the thing. I want you to understand where we're at. Like, we live in this interesting time of redemptive history right now. We live between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. We live, we, we reside in the already but not yet of redemptive history. Meaning, God's kingdom is here, but it hasn't fully been manifested and that's what we long wait for. We long for Christ to return so his kingdom will be fully manifested. And the fact is, is the apostles understood this too. I mean, Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 1-10, talks about the thorn in his flesh. And he goes and he says, God, take it away. Take this away. I'm tired of it. I can't do it anymore. He said, three times I asked God for this. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. When we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are submitting to the reality of his will and not our own. So what's the cry of your heart? Is it, God, your will be done? Or is it, God, my will be done? Finally, our last misunderstanding. Prayer is a good therapeutic coping, coping mechanism. truth is, is prayer is powerful and can change things. James 1.5, again, God gives with privilege, generously, and he gives in an open manner. There's people that will come and they'll say, God doesn't do miracles anymore. God doesn't miraculously heal anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. And so what they do is they, they boil down, you could easily boil down prayer as a therapeutic coping mechanism instead of something that is powerful and readily available for you. Let's look at, I'm going to take a quick excursion. Let's look at Mark 9. Mark 9, 17 through 29. Mark 9, 17 through 29. This is Jesus. This is, Mark 17 says, a man in the crowd Answer, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirits, but they could not. 
This is Jesus speaking. He says, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up, put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The child, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. The, so the guy says, my son's just really, he's in a bad way. I need you to do something, if you can. And Jesus says, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him, never to enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him, violently came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up to his feet and he stood up. For some of us, prayer has been simply just a good therapeutic coping mechanism. And we almost put prayer into a box. We don't even want to pray for big things anymore because we're like, hey, it doesn't really happen anymore. And we're, we're like this guy. We're like, if you can... Can you do something? And Jesus is like, if I can? I'm the God who created this world. I am the agent of creation. I could do anything. The fact is, is if we pray your kingdom come, we are praying for the manifestation, manifestation of the future kingdom and his glory to be revealed right now. And when we pray and we say, God, do this, do this, we pray, please do this. We're praying for God for direct intervention through or apart natural means. Because we believe God can do it. And I'm ashamed as I stand up here because I haven't really always thought about that. I've used prayer as a therapeutic coping mechanism. You know what I'm having a bad day. And I'm not saying it's not therapeutic in its own way. I'm just saying that's not all that it is. It has power. It can change things. But I can remember, Eric and I have some really good friends some of our best friends. And our friend Tammy was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it's pretty much a death sentence. And we would talk to her, and she would just stop breathing. You'd have to, like, pound on her chest, and she, was, she would just convulse, she would shake, she'd do all these things. And at one point, she even said, don't even pray for me anymore. I'm ready to go home and be with the Lord. And I honestly was like, yeah, this is, like, I don't even know how to pray for you. Like, I don't even know what to do. And then finally she said, you know what? I want people to pray for me. Something God just worked in her heart. So the elders came, they laid hands on her, they prayed for her. And within six months, she's riding a motorcycle. The doctors don't even know what's going on. They're like, we don't even know what happened. Here's what's sad. I expect that from doctors, but in the church, people are going, well, maybe you weren't that sick. The church... Because prayer has become, become a therapeutic coping mechanism and not something that's powerful and change things. I'm tired of putting God in the box. 
Are you guys tired of that? I'm tired of saying, oh God, you can only do this, but I'm, I believe you can do anything, but really only this. Because God could do anything. God could heal anything. So what right now in your life is something that needs healing? Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your marriage. May I encourage you that God could heal these things, and he does heal these things. As we conclude, I want to just encourage you, we start prayer week on the 10th of September. You guys should have got those booklets. I know Lynette made uh, an announcement about that. And prayer week isn't just for a week. Prayer week is for a lifetime. But make a, just dedicate yourself to this prayer and fasting as a church. Take time to look at the, these booklets. Take time to just start something new. Start a new way to connect with the Lord. Get serious about this and carry it on past the 17th of September. So when prayer weeks comes along, you're like, I do that all the time. We need to commit ourselves to prayer. Believe that it can change things. Because God can do anything. That's what we're asking him to do here at this campus and in our lives. So let's go ahead and let's, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Let's just spend a few minutes just praying, asking God to do these things. Father, we come to you right now. You, you are a God that can do anything. And we believe that. We believe that you can do anything. Help us in our unbelief, God. We are weak. We know we are weak. We have doubts, but we know that you are a faithful God and that you can do things. And so right now, I just pray that whatever is on the hearts, those here today. Whatever needs healing, whatever relationship needs healing, whatever physical or mental or emotional healing needs to take place, I pray that people would cry out to you believing that you could heal these things. I pray, Lord, that we'd be faithful to you. I pray that we would be secure and that your will is the only will that we seek and we pray when we pray your kingdom come we mean it I pray we'd be people that would just be empowered by your spirit living with great expectation of you because you always respond to us so we love you Lord